0: Welcome in to News and Views with Tom Lamprecht. The stories you've heard and the ones you need to hear. All the evidence is pointing that it came from the lab. Anybody is have. lying here, Senator. It is you. Infrastructure. We all want the same thing here to pass a bipartisan infrastructure bill. Big projects and big sums of money. These temperature extremes killing more people than floods, tornadoes, and other extreme weather events combined. Your life, your values, your voice. This is News and Views with Tom Lamprecht on Talk 96.3 and 103.7.
1: All right, welcome in. It uh, never lets up. The uh, Gov and Manny Cohen came out this afternoon and uh, says the mask mandate for students K uh, kindergarten through eighth grade uh, will continue. Pretty much mask mandates for all students in the public school systems will continue. This uh, will take us through uh, the end of August. School boards in Randolph and Union Counties have passed resolutions calling for optional mask wearing, but some parents have said they are concerned about hospitalizations among the unvaccinated and the threat of the Delta variant in the state. By the way, I've got another story out here. The Delta variant According to a Dr. Joel Zinberg, who practiced medicine for 30 years at Mount Sinai Hospital in, uh, Hospital in New York, says the Delta variant is, it's like a cold. Now, I mean, you get sick, but the deaths are almost non-existent. Zinberg, who practiced medicine for 30 years at Mount Sinai Hospital, notes that despite rising numbers of Delta cases in July, hospitalizations have only increased moderately. Delta victims, he notes, are no more likely to be hospitalized or die than with any other variants. You're more likely, this is interesting, this is out of the uh, PJ media, you're more likely to get murdered in Chicago where there's 18 murders per 100,000 people than a senior citizen being hospitalized from the Wuhan flu, 2.9 per 100,000. So, uh. There you go. If you're in Chicago, you're only in trouble, I guess. While Zinberg adds that most of the increase is concentrated in areas with low vaccination rates, the actual COVID death rate is lower than it was three weeks ago. Mostly, that's because the most vulnerable people are largely protected by having received at least one vaccination, and 80% of those over 65 and older have gotten both shots, which means that, It's uh, nearly all the new cases are in younger, unvaccinated people who, frankly, if they get it, it's no big deal. And that's probably why they're not getting it. And probably also because so much information has come out that uh, the younger you are, the more side effects you can have from the actual shot. In general, Zinberg concludes, Delta presents very few risks for people who have gotten the shot or those who are young and healthy. Those people who haven't gotten the shot. And again, here's another story, here's another story where we don't have anybody saying anything about wait a minute, what about those people who have actually got immunity because they have had COVID at some previous point and recovered from it. Somehow that never makes it into these stories. Just up the road from us. So if you're if you're in public schools in North Carolina, the gov Says, and I, I seriously doubt. I mean, you could ha- all the COVID cases could disappear from the face of the earth; they could be no more, and Governor Cooper would still have the students wearing masks come the new school year. So, a, a month from now, you know, okay, well, this this proclamation will run out in approximately a month. Um, <laughs> I will, uh, I'll, I'll give you really good odds if you want to make a bet as to whether or not. The uh, restrictions will be lifted. I say no, they will not. Just up the road from our listening area, just north of where we're, uh, some of our listeners reside, parents attending a Virginia school board meeting up in Virginia Beach. Uh, it got a little heated last night as to uh, students wearing masks in the coming year. Annie Plum- Palombo told the Virginia school board Tuesday evening, you're a bunch of hypocrites. You're all sitting around this table with no masks on, and yet you're going to say that our kids have to wear masks? No, we're fighting, she said. The board meeting came ahead of a vote on whether students attending Virginia Beach Public City schools will be required to wear face masks for the next school year. The board ultimately voted four to six against making Mac masks optional. In other words, they voted, yeah, you still have to wear the masks. Adults have access to the vaccine. Lindsay Bohan, a mother of four, said, it's time to let our children resume a normal life, see their teachers and classmates' faces, and for our children to stop living in fear. I mean, what what is magical about a classroom when you walk into the classroom that suddenly uh, the the COVID is... More likely to be spread. Now, granted, I realize you're in one room and you're there all day. Uh, And I'm not saying the kids can't get it, but if they get it, it's not a big deal. Parents should have a voice, Palumbo added in her address. This is what she said, which is rather funny, because I said this a couple of weeks ago. I mean, what do we hear from the liberals? My body, my choice. Well, that's exactly what she said. My body, my choice. That's what we believe, and that's what we're sticking with. Another parent, Thomas Conan, told the board, uh, that's what your job is. Do your job and take the masks off her, kid, and stick to education. Uh, there was one or two parents that, you know— living in fear that everybody's got to wear a mask. I mean, they know the masks don't do any good. But yet, they're falling in line, as good lemmings do. The debate on masks comes after the Center for Disease Control and Prevention released guidance that children with COVID-19 have mild symptoms or no symptoms at all. But noted in rare cases, in rare cases, some kids can get ill. However, those situations are almost always due to a pre-existing condition. You know, if your if your child is very sickly, maybe you need to take certain steps. But you ought to be taking those certain steps anyway if your child is very sickly. But we're gonna take it. You know, we're gonna we're gonna punish all the kids. They all have to wear masks. Makes us feel good about ourselves. This is an interesting story out of the Epic Times. Speaking of coronavirus, a conglomerate backed by George Soros and Bill Gates has joined a buyout of Mologic, a COVID 19 testing company. In fact, it's one of the key testing companies for COVID 19. The Soros Economic Development Fund, an arm of Soros Open Society Foundations, confirmed in a July 19th, two days ago, statement that it partnered with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The Sewers-Gates partnership is a part of the Global Access Health Health Initiative, which will invest at least four, $41.1 million in the project, according to the statement. Now, as you can imagine, they are selling this as this great concern for the health of the people of the world. This, uh, so this company, uh, Mologic Limited... A father and son team, Paul and uh, Mark Davis, started this company years ago, a couple of decades ago. Um, Their first big break was when they came up with the uh, pregnancy test, the Clear Blue pregnancy test, uh, which really gave the company some legs. Uh, It ended up coming underneath Bill Gates. In other words, he, he was the umbrella operator of it after they came up with the Clear Blue pregnancy test. Then they got into the business of trying to uh, detect whether or not you were um, had some disease. They've worked on a lot of uh, tropical diseases as well as COVID nineteen and been successful there. Now, again, though, does this with with all the rhetoric coming from the left? With all the authoritarians who want to rule the world telling us where to you know, where to get vaccinated, when to get what vaccinated, you must get vaccinated. you got to wear a mask. Uh, they're the ones that want the lockdowns. And consider Soros's background. His open society funding efforts have been aimed at building the capacity of community-based organizations to catalyze political engagement throughout the year and not solely around elections. Uh, yeah, but the outcome he wants, uh, you know, he, he does it throughout the year, but it's for getting the results in the elections he wants. Uh, you might remember he has uh, he is the guy that went out and funded a bunch of district attorney races, including the St. Louis attorney general race, Kim Gardner. She was the one that uh, sued the, the couple that tried to defend their home with their guns. Uh, Los Angeles District Attorney George Gaskin. He is he has just gone off the rails out there, and I mean, let, letting prisoners out, and uh, if you hiccup in the wrong way, putting you in prison. Uh, he has also uh, financed uh, Chicago District Attorney Kim Fox, Philadelphia District Attorney Larry Cranson, and Baltimore City State's Attorney Marilyn Mosby. All three left wing nut jobs. Uh, you know, here's the thing. So they, they now own this company that is in charge of the testing of COVID. Uh, go back to the old adage again, never let a crisis go to waste. And this COVID boondoggle is about the biggest crisis in the past, how many years, 20 years? B- biggest crisis since 9-11. Gates and Soros wanting to have control over testing is bad enough. But consider this. They will now, and this is probably a bigger deal than just the actual testing. I don't think they really care about the testing so much. More importantly, they are now, more importantly for them, they are now in control of the release of information that is disseminated to the public concerning the test results. Uh, Folks, this is one of those stories that does not pass the smell test. Doesn't. Look at the background of Gates, look at the background of Soros. Suddenly the two of them come together, buddy buddies, and they are going to buy the company that does all the COVID testing. Yeah, when you're in charge of releasing the results, you don't like the results, well, you you release them in a manner that you do like. You know, we're sick and tired of the authoritarianism of uh, Emperor Cooper and uh, his kind. The Epic Times is reporting, and this is another great example of how the left's abuse of power is perhaps beginning to backfire. I mean, we've seen it with... Uh, you know, up in Virginia beach where the parents are protesting, wearing the masks. We see it uh, You know, critical race theory. My goodness is blowing up all over the place and no matter what the left keeps, you know, they, they just keep working with the deny, 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 but up in Michigan, the Michigan house of representatives on today earlier today voted in favor of repealing the emergency powers act used by the governor to implement COVID-19 restrictions The vote follows the approval of the repeal by the state Senate last week, which means the law is now officially on the books. And this is not a law that uh, Gretchen Whitmer can veto. The House voted 60 to 48 to repeal the law. The state uh, Senate voted 20 to 15 to repeal it on January the 15th, two days after the state board of canvassers certified that Unlock Michigan, a coalition of state residents, had obtained more than the required 340,000 valid signatures to put a repeal proposition before the voters at the next general election. The legislature's action to repeal rendered, uh, to repeal rendered a vote of the people unnecessary under Michigan law if both chambers of the legislature approve a measure put before them by a citizen's initiative the governor has no power to veto it, so Gretchen Whitmer has uh, been reined in, and uh, it's only a matter of time before our governor's powers are reined in. I don't know that it's going to happen anytime soon, because I don't know whether they'll get the votes to rein in Governor Cooper's. He doesn't. Uh, he he can veto any legislation that's passed concerning reining in his veto. So uh, reining in his his. Uh, um, emergency powers so we would have to have a veto proof majority vote in favor of the bill that uh, is before the state legislature in north carolina hey we've got to take a time out lots more to talk about stay with us news and views for a wednesday
0: continues right after this from the governor on down to the city council We've got your updates on all things COVID and more. For the latest on the outbreak. On Talk 96.3 and 103.7. Now, back to news and news.
1: Welcome back. Antigua, electric weather forecast. Mostly clear tonight around 71. Tomorrow looks nice. Sunny with a high near 88. Tomorrow, you know, it's basically going to be the same for the next four or five days. Clear at night with lows around uh, the low 70s, 70s, mid-70s, sunshine during the day. Once in a while, we've got a slight chance of an afternoon shower. But for the most part, we've got highs in the upper 80s, lows in the lower 70s with lots of sunshine during the day and mostly clear skies at night. That's pretty much the forecast through Sunday. Talking about Fauci yesterday, we played that audio for you yesterday with Rand Paul and Fauci.
0: Anthony Fauci. You're you're the liar. That is the big red flag
1: flag. You yeah. um, know, Josh Rogan, who writes for The Washington Post. Now, The Washington Post, yes, the liberal Washington Post, Jeff Bezos, Washington Post, Josh Rogan. And I will give this to Josh Rogan. I, won't, I don't know if I'll give it to the Post, but I'll give it to Josh Rogan. He's one of the few journalists who has consistently been reporting on the possibility that the coronavirus pandemic was a leak from the Chinese lab. I mean, last year when everybody said, no, oh, there's no possibility of that happening, Josh Rogan would say, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's a possibility of that. Happened. So he's been very consistent with that. He came out after that big brouhaha between Rand Paul and Dr. Fauci. When Fauci came out and said the National Institutes of Health never funded gain-of-function research in Wuhan, Josh Rogan came out and said, no, (laughs) you did. You did, Dr. Fauci. Rand Paul was right, and you are wrong. Rogan said Fauci was playing word games. He tweeted, tweeting to a lot of his fellow journalists who would come after Rand Paul. And, and by the way, you saw this yesterday. The mainstream media, for the most part, came out and crucified Rand Paul and vilified him and just, you know, praised Anthony Fauci as, you know, that he deserves sainthood. Uh, Rogan tweeted, hey, guys, Rand Paul was right and Fauci was wrong. The NIH was funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan, but NIH pretended it didn't meet their gain-of-function definition to avoid their own oversight mechanism. Sorry, not sorry, if that doesn't fit your favorite narrative. And this is what I said yesterday. He was playing word games. Fauci, and he came, oh, there's a list up and down the line of people that disagree with that paper. NIH, and they are probably all NIH employees, NIH, you know, they're changing their definition to cover their rear ends. They're changing the definition of gain of function to cover their rear ends. It's that simple. As the the leak from the lab theory has gained credibility after last year where they poo-pooed the whole thing, there's more attention being paid to monies given to the Wuhan Institute of Virology known for its bat coronavirus research. Fauci has repeatedly denied any NIH money went to such research, but his organization gave millions of dollars in grant money to Echo Health Alliance, a research nonprofit who funded, with that money, funded at least $600,000 to Wuhan. So not only is he playing word games with changing the definition of gain of function, he's also playing a shell game where, okay, no, we didn't give it. No, 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 that wasn't NIH. We gave it to these people, and they gave it. I, I mean, wow. Paul cited during the questioning of Fauci that Wuhan researcher, bat lady, Dr. Shi Xi Zing Li, wrote in 2017 that she took two bat coronavirus genes and combined them with a SARS-related backbone to create new viruses that are not found in nature. Uh, basically, she admitted that, and, uh, and Rand Paul confronted Fauci with that information. And, and, he, and he said, that's not gain of function. No, no. <laughs> well, then what is gain of function? In an appearance on the Joe Rogan experience podcast in April. Rogan is R- R- Joe Rogan and, and Josh Rogan, but no, no relationship. One spells it R O G A N. The other spells it R O G I N, um, uh, The journalist said Fauci may have reinstated gain-of-function research after the Obama administration put a pause on the risky research in 2014. Rogan also reported on U.S. State Department cables in 2018, raising security concerns about the Wuhan lab. At the end of the day, Fauci might be in significant legal trouble. We can only hope so. I mean, is, isn't it curious how this guy has just been elevated to sainthood? He, you know, he's, the liberals think he's the most brilliant guy coming down the pike. I, I, again, the, the more you come down the track and the more you find out about what Fauci was doing, is it any real surprise, A, that he is just, you know, doing backflips in terms of acting like I'm, I'm really concerned with everybody's health? Maybe that's because you caused it, uh, and and that's one of the things that you know. Rand Paul now, you know, you know, Rand Paul's objective in that give and take yesterday that we played for you was the funding issue. He never he never completely connected the dots and said therefore you caused it. He didn't go that far, but the implication was pretty obvious. We'll keep following that. Uh, Carolina Journal, this goes under the category of suspicions confirmed. You already knew this, but now there's been a poll that's come out that uh, makes it pretty obvious and verifies your suspicions. Nearly 2 million Americans have turned down jobs because the unemployment benefits are too lucrative, backing up a Republican-led plan in North Carolina to curtail emergency pandemic benefits. A new poll conducted by the firm Morning Consult In late June, found that nearly one in three unemployed workers turned down job offers. The expanded unemployment benefits were the second most common reason behind child care issues. With more than 14 million U.S. workers collecting unemployment checks, the poll found that 1.8 million were likely to have turned down work because of the generous benefits. Well, there's no surprise there. (laughs) Duh. So, and again, the General Assembly passed a bill called Putting North Carolina Back to Work, which obviously is needed still. Ride down any road in any town in North Carolina, and the help wanted signs are all over the place. They can't find employees. Why? Because they're all sitting at home with this, quote, free money. And it will hit the fan. Eventually, somebody's going to have to pay the piper. Democrats, of course, praise Cooper for vetoing the bill, claiming Republicans were pushing a false narrative. Oh, yes, Republicans were the ones that have gone out there and put up all those help-wanted signs. (laughs) I mean, literally, there are more help-wanted signs outside of businesses than businesses that don't have help-wanted signs. Yeah, this new poll appears to contradict the liberal lawmakers. Those Democrats were living in a fantasy land, so said uh, Republican Edwards. Where is Edwards out of? John uh, Chuck Edwards out of Henderson. He said the data validates the obvious conclusion that most honest observers reached. When government pays people not to work, lots of people don't work. This is... uh. An article that is mind blowing and highly irritating, and makes you wonder, as you've already wondered, but what side are the Democrats on? What side is Joe Biden on? Now, uh, Joe Biden is in fantasy land. I understand that, but the people that pull pull the puppet strings, what side are they on? Are they are they for the United States? No. The Biden administration. This is out of the Wall Street Journal. The Biden administration will drop opposition to Nord Stream 2, a controversial gas pipeline that will help Russian President Vladimir Putin gain influence in Europe. This, according to the Wall Street Journal, the United States and Germany struck an agreement that will allow the completion of the pipeline, which will transport gas directly from Russia to Germany. Details of the deal could be released as early as today, according to the Journal The Trump administration opposed the project, and Congress passed laws in 2019 and 2020 that required sanctions against companies helping to build the 764-mile pipeline. But the Biden administration waived the sanctions in May, effectively allowing the pipeline to be completed. Yeah, just a couple of months after he shut down the pipeline here in the United States that cost tens of thousands of jobs and millions of dollars and has directly caused the price of your gasoline to go through the roof. Biden has said while he opposes completion of the pipeline because it will help Russia, he does not want to disrupt relations with Germany by imposing sanctions against it. How about had you let the XL pipeline go through and come to completion and allow fracking to continue, we would have very easily been able to supply Germany with as much natural gas as they would have wanted. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle slammed the pending agreement between the United States and Germany. Senator Rob Portman of Ohio said Biden is making a major mistake by allowing the deal to go through. Well, that's the first mistake he's ever made. In a speech on Tuesday, Representative Marcy Uh, Kaptur from Ohio said when Germany and she's a dem, when Germany and Russia can, can collude, the people of Central and Eastern Europe pay the price. The administration agreement to allow the pipeline to go through seemingly undercuts claims by the Biden and Democrats to support Ukraine. Democrats impeach former President Trump over allegations that he withheld military equipment from Ukraine in exchange for political help from Ukrainian President Zelensky, Democrats said that Ukraine needed the arsenal in order to defend itself from Russia's military aggression on Ukraine's eastern border. Uh, again, this is so irritating that Joe Biden, oh, well, we don't want to upset the, the German people. We want to make sure they have plenty of gas, plenty of fuel. And, gee, oh, well, if, it's, if it helps Russia, that's just too bad. This is Unbelievable that he would shut down the pipeline here in the United States. And by the way, the the Canadian company is suing the United States. I mean, we're talking about a lawsuit that will be in the billions probably. Hundreds of millions at least. How many people have been out of work? How many more people are now having to pay more for gasoline? And by the way, that will continue to rise. And uh, yet over there. He's letting Russia do what he wants, do what they want. By the way, um, got another story here speaking of Joe Biden. See if I can find in my pile here. Uh, yeah, this is uh, a rather interesting uh, Cousin Eddie story. Remember Hillary Clinton's private email? Um, I don't think it was the only thing that cost her the election, but all the top secret information that she sent over her private email account. Of course, her private server that was in some guy's bathroom closet. Mm -hmm. Hillary was not the only one. Apparently it's come out just the news. John Solomon's organization done a little investigation on Hunter Biden's laptop. I mean, isn't isn't it poetic justice that old drug infested porn pop Hunter Biden is it could probably be the thing that takes down Dad? How apropos! According to emails found on Hunter Biden's laptop, Joe Biden used a private email account to send his son Hunter Biden information from the State Department. Huh. While some of the emails were personal in nature, others were political in nature. And still others clearly addressed business matters, often forwarding information coming from senior officials in the White House, the State Department, and other government agencies. Hunter Biden was serving on the board of Ukrainian energy company uh, Bursama Holdings, and then uh, Vice President Biden was the Uh, Obama administration's point man on Ukraine matters. Joe Biden infamously bragged about his role in the firing of the Ukrainian prosecutor, Viktor Shulkin. Back in 2016, Shulkin was investigating the corruption at the gas holding company. Biden told Ukrainian President Petro uh, Poroshenko that he would withhold a billion dollar loan unless Poroshenko fired Shulkin, uh, which obviously was quid pro quo. So we we don't know exactly what was sent over. My hunch is you you probably had some uh, information that was just as confidential to uh Hunter from Joe as what Hillary was sending out to uh her folks. It was more than just her yoga exercises and the marriage list for her daughter. Yeah. <laughs> The AOC. Let's take a break first. I'll come back. I got some interesting AOC articles for you. And uh, boy, these people are clueless when it comes to uh, communism down in Cuba. Stay with us. We'll be right back.
0: Join the show 252 561 Talk. News and views on Talk 96.3 and 1037. Welcome back
1: in. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. BJ Media is saying maybe uh, AOC stands for Always Open for Communists. The um, Ocasio Cortez was asked for her response to the fact that Republican lawmakers who have said the protests for freedom in Cuba are evidence that socialism, communism are flawed economic systems. Her response, I quote, I think it's disappointing that Republicans are trying to make this about them and not centering on human rights violations of Cubans and what's happening to the Cuban people. Right now, like, what we need to do is urgently support human rights, the right for free speech, the right for protest, and not try to vaguely allude to the possibility of U.S. intervention and regime, regime, regime change. Um, <laughs> uh, 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 I, Ocasio-Cortez, uh, all I can say is, you know, the, the it, it's easy to come back and um, just say, wake up, honey, communists don't respect human rights. It's it's that simple. You're saying we we they've got to have certain human rights. Yeah, we agree. The only way that's going to happen is regime regime change. The communists don't give a iota about those poor slobs. Poor people. They're not slobs. They're 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 patriots. I, forgive me for saying that. They are patriots that are willing to put their lives on the line for their freedoms. That's how bad it's gotten. By the way, speaking of Marxist, Washington, D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser, she has come in and removed a pro-freedom slogan in front of the Cuban embassy down in Washington, D.C., up in Washington, D.C., a day after it was painted on the street to protest Cuba's communist regime sparking criticism from Cuban-Americans. The painting read, Free Cuba. uh, It was painted by the embassy as a part of a demonstration against Cuba's government and its violent treatment of political protesters. Activists drew inspiration from the Black Lives Matter movement, whose slogan decorated the street in front of the White House for months. Comedian Alex Gonzalez of Los Angeles spent 15 years speaking out against the communist regime and streams videos about the crackdown in Cuba to his half-million viewers on Instagram. He said, Bowser is siding with an oppressive regime. It is not empathetic to the protesters and it's not empathetic to the Cuban people who are suffering, Gonzalez said. When we see this kind of thing happening, we feel the world does not care about us. The world does not care about our suffering. Now, the, the Bowser administration in Washington, D.C., this is the same administration that, A., back in 2016, praised the Castro regime for its literacy and graduation graduation rates from high school. Quote, given Cuba's emphasis on a strong education, I know there's a lot we can learn. <laughs> yeah. Um, in addition to that, this is the same Bauer bowser administration who defended the decision to crack down on the anti-castro activist and this is the same gal that was all about painting black lives matter on the streets of washington dc which is a pro-marxist self-identified as a pro-marxist organization so, Muriel, where do you stand on all this Pretty obvious. Speaks for itself. By the way, uh, speaking of Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, Free Beacon is reporting that uh, this poor socialist. She lives in the most upscale part of Washington D.C. She drives a Tesla, which the model that uh, she drives sells for somewhere around sixty thousand dollars. This individual who is all about social, we're all supposed to be the same, right? We're all equal, which I don't understand why. Then, okay, find out what the medium income is and give the rest away. Why aren't you driving, you know, some little Volkswagen bug or something? But um, not only is she hypocritical when it comes to that, she shops, and I'm not knocking shopping at the... uh, what, what is the grocery store that's uh, all organic? Uh, she, she shops at one of those organic grocery stores, which I, I'm not knocking that. I mean, if you want to go organic, that's fine. But she was caught by the Washington Free Beacon again. She's been caught several times before on video. She parks her Tesla in the no-parking zone. She also, when she loads up her car with groceries... She wheels them out in a hotel dolly, which I didn't know this. Perhaps you did. If you go to a hotel and they have a hotel dolly, you're not supposed to use that because that that is a symbol, according to leftists, that is a symbol of white supremacy and income inequality. Whole Foods is where she shops. Anyway, Acacia um, cortez Wow, talked about clueless. We got to take another time out and we come back. The Biden administration is blaming an error earlier today after promoting a radical activist group's handbook on critical race theory. It's a oops moment for Joe Biden.
0: This is your Drive at 5, an ENC with Tom Lamprecht. Welcome back to News and Views on Talk 96.3 and 1037.
1: Welcome back in. Fox News is reporting the Biden administration blamed a, quote, error earlier today after promoting a radical activist group's handbook that pushes critical race theory in schools and calls on educators to, quote, disrupt whiteness. The department does not endorse the recommendations of this group, nor do they reflect our policy positions, the Department of Education said in a statement, it was an error in a lengthy document to include this citation. Wait a minute. I'm I'm sorry. Miguel Cardona, the education secretary, he has been peddling the same load of garbage before he took over as the secretary of education and just continued it after he became the secretary of education. This is no oops moment. I mean, don't you love the way that's that's? Oh, oops! Oh, oops! Get a do-over! Oops! We got caught! Oops! As my dad used to tell me, son, after I got caught doing something I wasn't supposed to be doing, son, you're not sorry you did it. You're sorry you got caught. And he was right. And that's exactly what happened here. They have seen the pushback, the strong, vocal, loud pushback from the American public. And <laughs> they're, they're not sorry they pushed it. This is, this is the agenda that the liberals have been pushing for a long time now. And guys, again, like Cordona, the secretary of education, he's been leading the parade on this. Department of Education linked to the Abolitionist Teaching Network, their guide for racial justice and abolitionist social and emotional learning, in its handbook intended as a roadmap for schools to reopen safely during the coronavirus. Never let a good crisis go to waste. We've got a coronavirus that we've got to deal with. we got to reopen safely. So their definition of safely is let's introduce critical race theory. The guide claims that social and emotional learning, SEL, can be a covert form of policing used to punish, criminalize, and control black, brown, and indigenous children and communities to adhere to white norms. What is a white norm? What is a white norm? I mean, what a racist statement. You're supposed to act a certain way. If you're black, brown, or indigenous, or white, you act in a certain way, and you don't go outside those boundaries. I think that's what you call racism. Most SEL standards are rooted in Eurocentric norms, not to empower, love, affirm, or free black, brown, or indigenous children. Who says? Who's, Who's making up the rules here? He go on to say, it's important for educators to recognize that social and emotional competencies can be expressed differently across cultures, especially considering that young students of color are living through witnessing and making sense of historic moments in American history and their place in it, the department handbook states. It goes on to talk about how educators need to disrupt whiteness and other forms of oppression. So if you're white, you're part of whiteness, you're an oppressor. Again, going back, this is Marxist theology. But you know, again, you cannot say, just come back, oh, this is an error, oops. This, this is not a big oops. And what makes this so hard to swallow is the fact that this rhetoric from this abolitionist teaching network, we have been, as I said, we've been hearing this for a long, long time from Miguel Cardona, the education secretary, our, our Kamala Harris, our vice president, and so many on the left. That's all we hear about. Here's the thing. The Biden administration is not brilliant, but they are smart enough to awaken to the fact that they have pushed this issue way too far. And they're not so ignorant to observe the parents that have uh, said enough is enough. And uh, keep it up, parents. Parents. It ain't going away. If you think it goes away, that's when they will put the pedal to the metal and go forward with their agenda. Don't let up. And and listen, when they say, oh, there's nothing there, don't let up. Don't let up. Do your homework and let your voices be known. And thanks for being with us. We'll do it again tomorrow at 5, play a little political trivia. See you then. Bye-bye, everybody. All right, all right, all
0: right.